Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from lead pastor Nathan Newell. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 3, starting with verse 3. This is Jesus speaking. The red letters give it away. Listen to this, he says. Behold, the sower went out to sow, and it came back that as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. And other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And still other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you it has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables. In order that while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they return and be forgiven. And he said to them this, verse 13, do you understand this parable? And how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Everybody say the word. And these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown, that when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. And in a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they only temporary, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction and persecution arises because of the word, because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those that are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, they hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. Lord, we are asking for your Holy Spirit to speak beyond what what I can speak, what a man can speak. We need to hear from your Holy Spirit that which pierces our heart, which divides flesh from spirit. Lord God, we need the answers. We need the instruction of the Lord. Lord, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, that we will not be found dormant at this time, but God, you will find a church that is alive, Lord God, and full of faith. Lord, let it be so that when the Son of Man comes, that he will find faith on the earth. Lord, let this generation, everyone in this room, be stirred, Lord, to a greater level of pursuit and purpose. Lord God, a greater desire for you than we've ever had before. Lord God, we shut we shut down, we cast off, Lord, those things that are holding us from yesterday. We say today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord God, and there is purpose beyond our past. Father, we thank you for it. Do wondrous things through this word today in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Bless the Lord. You can be seated. So much. Whew. So much in the principle, in the understanding, in the wisdom, in the principles of the seed. The seed, the sower. Genesis 8.22 says this, As long as the earth endures, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always be a process and a principle. What we've got to understand first off is that sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, is a principle that is set forth by God that works. It is a principle that works. Often it is working whether we realize it or not, it's working. Sowing and reaping works for a farmer that knows nothing of Jesus. Sowing and reaping works for the farmer who knows nothing of the plan of God and can know nothing of the wisdom of God, the supernatural principles, doesn't have to have any understanding whatsoever, but learn from their father and their grandfather and their grandfather that if I put thing back from what I have planted, from what I've sown, seed time and harvest will always continue. It will always be something that I want to focus on first, and that's why we read this, this passage in Mark chapter 4, is because everyone often pays attention to the seed as well we should. But before we get to the seed, before we get to the sowing, and before we get to the reaping, there's something that has to be addressed first, and that is the soil. The soil. The soil. Because the seed can be a powerful seed, whether it's little or whether it's big. In fact, <laughs> Jesus used the example that even the mustard seed, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, the smallest seed, if you would just have that faith. What's interesting about the mustard plant is that really it is a tree. When you plant a mustard seed, which is one of the smallest of all seeds, it grows into a mightier plant and tree than most other large seeds. So what he's saying here is that when we plant, when we sow, there is a response, there is a growth that takes place, and there is a fruit that is expected. So these principles, these principles work whether you're a believer or not. Principles of sowing and reaping, they work. They work. I've, uh, I've studied, I've studied uh, uh, investing, uh, secular in, in investing as well. Uh, when you come across... Uh, Many secular investors, they will say that you need to give 10% of your, of your earnings to a charity. Find some kind of organization to, to give to. These, these are people who don't follow God, but they've, what they've done is that they've understood that if I will give, if I will donate, if I will be generous, if I will give this much, it's amazing how many times they even talk about 10%. Really, 10%? Do you have any idea where this comes from? <laughs> The thing is, is that these principles, if we will look at them even beyond the surface, I want to share some, some things with you in, 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 in addressing the soul. Because that's one of the lessons from the parable of the seed. Remember, the, it's the parable of the seed in the sower. It's not called the parable of the soil. 
And yet the soil Jesus describes is the condition of each person on whom the seed, the word, is planted. Yes? Okay? The type of ground that the seed goes into makes all the difference. Oh, in nitrogen or in our garden, we have to analyze the soil. We have to see what it needs. If it's low in nitrogen or if it's low in phosphorus or if it's low in calcium, there is going to be a deficiency in the growth of the plants because it's missing something. So we have to analyze the soil. Same seed, different soil brings different results. You can play, plant the same seed. Some of it fell on rocky. Some of it fell on, on dry ground. Some of it fell on, on good ground. And the results were different. So it really wasn't the seed. The word of God, the seed of God, that's why, that's why there can be a number of responses to any given message and any word from God. Why? Because the seed is the same. The word is the same to every single person. But how it's received, how prepped the soil is to receive said seed, wow, that was a mouthful, will determine the results that are produced. Still with? What is the soil? Why is this important? Because the soil is the atmosphere. The atmosphere, it's the conditions that determine whether or not a seed can germinate. It is the environment that is conducive or not to the growth, the nurturing, and the development of that seed. That's what the soil is. That's why the prophet said this, Hosea 10, 12, Sow for yourselves righteousness and reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. Do you hear what is happening here? Bust up the stuff that's gotten hard so that when we repent and seek forgiveness, times of refreshing will come and we'll receive the seed, the rain of his righteousness. If the ground is fallow, we can't receive the seed nor the rain that God is bringing to water and nurture that seed. Fallow means this. Left un, meaning it's or unsown after plowing, meaning it's dormant inactive. There's nothing that is happening with it. Does, it. does it ever feel, does it ever look like there's really nothing going on in your life, that there is not much spiritual activity happening? I will tell you this, inactivity is never God's problem. Y'all with me? Inactivity is never God's problem. The condition of the soil, the stirring of the soil, the condition in the atmosphere of our heart to, to receive the seed is our responsibility to tend. Remember, God put Adam in the garden and he said, care for it. God gave you the soil of your heart to care for it so that when the seed comes, you will be in the best position to receive the seed, nurture, water the seed, the best environment for that seed to grow and to bear fruit. Okay. Sometimes we're just, we, we want God to do everything, everything for us. And that's not how this is going to work. Jesus himself Listen, he was not absolved from work just because he was the son of God. What did Jesus say? I work and my father works. I work and I work with my father. I do what I see the father do. I speak what I hear the father speak. So we cannot 
afford to take a lazy approach. Oh man, I, I feel like like there is there is this there is this spirit of laziness that has come over this generation. And when I say this generation, I don't just mean the millennials. Somebody. By the way, by the way, I, I hate those, I, I really do despise those labels because, because those definitions and those labels are worldly, secular labels. Um, I'm a Gen Xer, according to the world, and um, I, I would like for us to adopt what is the generation according to God, that this is a holy generation, and that be the label and the tag, and it just encompass everyone who is alive on the earth at this time, whether you're 90 or whether you're 9, that this be a holy generation, and cast down those things, because if we're not careful, they cause divisions. There's a generation that's called the greatest generation. Well, I don't feel so great if they're the greatest generation. And if we're not careful, we look at these, these, these millennials and they get, they get this bad rap and there's things that even social media begins to spread out. Can I just take a second on this? Is it cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I, I, I'm going to do it anyway. So it's just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go together. Things that this is how millennials act, and the millennials do this, and 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 they do this, and they're they're lazy here, and they feel, and they're just entitled to everything. They feel entitled. First of all, you can't accuse an incoming generation on the way they act without first analyzing the generation that came before that trained them up. Secondly, secondly. That generation will do something with or without you because they're not just interested in, in just showing up and attending. If there is no cause to it, they're like a David generation that shows up on the battlefield. They see things going on. They look at the church as a whole, and the church is standing on the sidelines, scared at the giant that's shouting at them. David generation shows up on the scene and says, what's the big deal? If God be for us, who can be against us? And then the generation before gets all comfortable and says, well, who do you think you are? They can't see the generation is so cause-driven. If there's no cause to it, if they can't see the cause, they ain't going to buy in. They're not interested in what we have to offer. Young generation, let me remind you of this, that there are many, many, many causes out there the greatest cause is Christ. It always will be Christ, always has been Christ. The greatest cause is Christ. You can get all behind all kinds of causes. You can give your money over here. You can give an extra dollar at Starbucks right here that's going to go to Save the Trees Fund. Or you can do it over here. You can give an extra dollar over here when you're done checking out. But the greatest cause on the face of the earth is Jesus Christ. That's one thing that the generation that came before you knows without a shadow of a doubt. Wow, this is taking a wholly different turn this morning than I didn't have that in any of the notes. One of the greatest sins that can be levied against us in this hour is laziness. Hours can be spent on a device, but one hour of prayer is too much. Hours can be spent binge-watching a show that has immoral content, jokes that are filled with sexual innuendos, and then worship goes 45 minutes and we're just too tired to continue on. Is this fun or what? Planting seed. 
Throwing seed out there. I'm just, uh, that's my responsibility. I'm just sowing the seed, and whatever it falls on, it falls on. The point of sowing is to reap. I'm not excited about eating seeds when I get home. That's not why you're picking up a baggie on the way out. Y'all, lunch is served. It's going to be good today. Little salt, little pepper, little olive oil. I'm not excited about that. What I am excited about is what's going to come from that seed. I'm excited about if, if we'll plant this as a family, if we'll plant this, if we'll watch over it, if we'll make sure that the ground stays in a good condition, it's not enough just to get the ground in a good condition to start with. It must be continually nurtured and watered. If we'll take care of it, we will get to eat meals from it. We will be able to bless others with what we have sown, with what we have been given. Blessed with what we give. That is another one of the great testimonies of, of what is happening here. We wanted to make sure that the seed, just like the word, is being given. Freely you are being given. Freely you are receiving this morning. Therefore, for what comes from the seed, it is then our responsibility to freely give. To freely give. We had a really cool thing happen last year in this for our family in this process, um, there's some dear friends of this this church um, uh, who can't who can't be here uh, all the time. Um, uh, they have they have two two homes. They have one here, two businesses, one here and one in one in Knoxville. Uh, and so most of the time they are they are in Knoxville when they're home and in Murfreesboro they get to be with us. But uh, they were here for the start of this initiative, uh, sow and grow, uh, back to the garden and. Um, um, and uh, they said, we can't do this. Um, we can't participate like we would like to, but here's what we will do. If we can hire one of your sons to give them the seeds, and then they can plant it for us, give us weekly reports on what is happening with the growth, we'll make sure that they've got the dirt, we'll make sure that they've got the, the, the planters for when they have to transplant transplant the plant, um, and, and, and give them the resources that they need, then we will bless on top of that, then take what you have been given, sow it, and then give the rest of us. Sounds like the owner who came back to check on the, the, the vineyards that he had entrusted to his stewards and his leaders. It was absolutely incredible. The kids did, get, did great. Uh, uh, Joshua uh, started his first business out of it, Farmer Rich. Created a T-shirt and a logo and everything like that. I'm telling you, we are stirring the entrepreneurial spirit in this house. I'm telling you, God has given good ideas, all that kind of stuff. All right, so a little little plug. If you want a Farmer Rich T-shirt, you can you can purchase them for fifteen dollars. I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. That's just really that is a joke. Don't buy any T-shirts. If you were to go to the bank today, to your bank, and request a withdrawal, the first thing that they're going to do is look at your account. They are going to look at what's been deposited. 
then they're going to verify the amount that you requested is compliant with what you have deposited. If you ask for $1 million when you've only deposited $1,000, they are going to laugh you out the door. We cannot make withdrawals from where we have not made deposits. We cannot look to reap. We can't grow what we're unwilling to sow. Galatians 6. Turn there very quickly. Let's go there, let's go there quickly this morning. I was just going to read it for you, but let's, let's, let's do this together. Okay? Hmm? We're just going to read through verse 9. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Galatians 6, starting with verse 6. And let the one who is taught the word, which remember we learned that the word is the seed, yes? And let the one who is taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. Okay. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, then from the flesh will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. Listen to this. I'm going to include verse 9. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we don't grow weary. There is a reaping that is promised to us. Okay. But this is, what, this is what I want to talk about. I want to focus on for just a few more minutes this morning. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. This, this verse here transforms sowing and reaping into a universal principle. Listen again. This verse here. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. He's not, just talking about, he's not just talking about the word. He's not just talking about literal seed. He's talking about the universal. This makes it a universal principle. You can apply. What I'm saying is you can apply sowing and reaping practically to every sphere of life. Every element. Again, we cannot grow what we're unwilling to sow. We cannot reap what we have not sown. You cannot reap good friends if you haven't been one. You cannot reap friends if you've been unwilling to show yourself friendly. That's biblical, by the way. If you have not sown yourself as one. You cannot reap grace if you have not sown Grace, because of God's love. What I'm t I thank God for the grace. There is a grace that comes to us because of God's love. What I'm talking about is now as we are giving toward other people, okay? You cannot reap grace in other people if you've not sown grace. Let me, let me encapsulate this a little bit, okay? And y'all bear with me, okay? We're getting into another moment here. The word says, do not judge lest you be judged. 
The people that I know who throw around, I'm feeling judged, don't judge me, the church is judgmental, those people are so judgmental. These are generally the people that are the most judgmental themselves. How, how, do, we, how do we know that? How do we know that? The fruit. The fruit. What I mean by the fruit is that words... Words are the fruit of our lips, the word says. Words are the fruit of our lips. Our attitude, come on somebody, our attitude is an outward expression of our inward thoughts. Listen, our attitude is an outward expression of our inward thoughts. <laughs> and we tend to accuse other people of what we are. If we're suspicious and if we're watering the seed of suspicion, we tend to be suspicious of other people. Why? Because there is a fruit that comes out of our lips and our conversation and our words that tells, that tells what has been as a man speaks. That's the abundance of his heart. What a man speaks. Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, we must accept the consequences of our words. We'll get to the action part in just a minute. But words themselves are the fruit of what has been not just planted, get this, not just planted, but what we have considered worthy of watering. What we have considered, this is worthy of watering. This kind of thinking is worthy of watering. This kind of negativity is worth watering. This kind of thought process is worth, is worth watering. This kind, of, this kind of angst against this person is worth watering. And so you can only hide it for so long because a seed can only stay hidden for so long. At some point, it begins to burst through the surface and fruit begins to come out. And the fruit is our words. It turns into words and it turns into action. <laughs> what has been planted, good or bad, is watered through thought, meditation, and what we dwell on. <laughs> okay? Remember, let's, let's look back at verse 8 again. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction or corruption. Okay, so when we water the seed, the bad seed that has been planted in us, it's been sown there, right? It could have been from a relative, could have been from a mom, dad. It could have been from friends. It could have been from a number of places. The world and the enemy is working overtime to plant all kind of seed. That's why it's important for us to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. To nurture the right seed. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap life, eternal life. Mm. What we've watered grows in us. As it grows, strengthens, it becomes fruit. The fruit of our lips, the fruit of our actions. Okay. So then let's remember how the principle endures within the fruit is the multiplication of the seed. This is why this is so important. <laughs> When fruit appears, again, good or bad, when fruit appears in the form of words and actions, it's not only evidence of what we've been watering, it's also where the seed that has been planted, the one listening to the word receiving the action, 
Here's what is so significant about the fruit. The reason why we have to be so mindful about the seed is because the seed is the future for the fruit. What we do with this word this morning is the future fruit in our life. Has the ability to be the future fruit. When it comes out in words and actions, well, because of this word today, there's something that begins to take place. I become better at nurturing and being faithful to steward the soil of my heart. So that becomes an action. That becomes things that I talk about. It becomes, that's why, that's why we have to, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. Because that seed is the future fruit that will come out of our life in words and in actions. What has been spoken somewhere down the line. And then that's why the fruit is so important. Remember, it is to the glory of God and we are known to be his disciples in this, that we bear much fruit. That we bear much fruit. This is how they will know that you're my disciples. You have love for one another. This is how... They will know that you're my disciples. Also, that you bear much fruit. And the reason why the fruit is so important is because the fruit has the seed in it. The future seed. The seed has the future fruit. The fruit has the future seed. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Okay? So when... And I say something to my wife or to my kids that I regret. I planted a seed. It was the fruit. Say, it was the fruit of my lips from what I had been watering, the seed I had been watering. It grew in me, and I didn't check it, and I didn't stop it, and I didn't, and I didn't receive the other good seed that could have choked that other out. The seed of being patient and being slow to anger. And so what ended up happening is the fruit of my lips became the seed in my child. That if watered, Seed, if he, and when, when he grows up and he has children of his own and he begins to lash out in ways, you know what that will be? That will be the fruit and the result of what I had planted. From the fruit of my lips, the seed is now sown. That then becomes... Uh, see how critical the power of life and death is right here. How important are words? You cannot, not one of us in here can afford to neglect for a day the words that are spirit and life. How else are we going to choke out the rest of the world's seed that has been planted, the enemy's seed that has been planted in us? some kind of ridiculous statistic, and I'm, I'm probably butchering it, but you'll get the idea. You need 100 positive comments for every one negative comment in order to choke out that one negative comment. 
our words, that illustration of how, it is, how important it is when I sow that grace into somebody, when somebody doesn't act. See, that's, that's, that's all judge, being judgmental is. That's all judging is, is we accuse somebody for acting in a way that we don't want them to act. We don't, that's not what we expected, and so I, I can hold this position. Leads to offense. But if I, not seeing the whole picture, begin to call on the grace of God and begin to develop and water in this in me, this understanding that, you know what? I don't know the whole story. And the way that they're acting, I need to take on this approach. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. So much of the time when judgment and offenses are taking place, there is an unawareness or an ignorance that is happening in people. And if you'll sow grace... God has been teaching us, teaching this in uh, to Ivy and I and our family. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be real about it. But um, really, been teaching us to do the unexpected thing. Because because when 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 we see things that mess up, even even with each other or with family or, or with relationships or with with your job. What people expect from us, the response that they expect is for, they expect for us uh, to be in disapproval. They expect us that if they respond a certain way, and if you'll respond instead, if we'll respond with grace, if we'll respond with love. You see, that was the beauty of Jesus. He did what nobody expected. He did something nobody expected. He gave himself to a cross. Then he stayed on the cross, and when they taunted him and made fun of him, and they told him to call down angels, he said, Father, forgive them. Now we're sowing seed that is so powerful that it can break dissension, it can break mistrust, it can... It can move into a place of restoration. But we must be able to be willing to sow those things. Amen? We must be willing to sow that in order to in order to receive it, in order for that to come back. God is not mocked, meaning his principles are not there just to be looked at, meaning his principles will work every time. God is not mocked. What he said will come to pass. As a man sows, that will he reap. The dissension and the insubordination that is sown at your workplace towards your boss, it will be reaped in your butt being fired. It's not the first time I've said but from the platform. Excuse me. <laughs> we used to say it this way. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just stop on here. Uh, uh, we used to say it this way. I have a, I have a but. <laughs> it's the but God story in our life. I, I am pressed but not crushed. We all have that. Pressed but not crushed. Persecuted 
but not abandoned. All right, moving on. We cannot reap faithfulness if we're not sown faithfulness. I have some things in my notes here. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just weighing, and y'all just being on the process with me, okay? Just weighing and seeing the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here's what we don't understand. That God has set before us life and death. So this is what I've set before you, children of God, every believer in this room. This is what I've set before you. I've set before you life and I've set before you death. There could not be a more vivid contrast. This is life, my ways, how I operate, how I choose to set up my kingdom. All this is life and all of this is yours for the taking. All of it. It's all yours. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's all yours. Healing yours, blessing yours, all of these things, they belong to you. Choosing his ways is choosing life. Anything else is the onset of death and corruption. <laughs> he is so loving that he has given us everything we need to have life and have life more abundantly. He's been trying every time he sows seed, every time. We hear the word every time we receive from him. He's been trying to get the good things to us and into us that come by following his ways. This is what the word says. If you will hearken to the voice of the Lord and do his commands, then these blessings will come and they'll overtake you. That means that they will pass you up, meaning you won't be able to keep up is doing. Like we either believe the word or not. Huh. God provided his commands. He said, do this and live. He provided his son. Believe in him and live eternally. If you'll do this, if you'll water this, this will be the fruit. He provided the church. Listen, he provided the church. The church. The church. The family of believers that is a joy to be connected with, to be planted, rooted, and grow. We've become so, so lackadaisical toward the house of God. The average attendance for a believer in the American culture is, is twice a month of attending the house of the Lord. That number is rapidly moving to once a month. Can your pastor talk to you for a second? The fruit will tell us what is happening. We have to pay attention to the fruit. And it's time for us, especially during this, this time, during this hour, we don't realize how late it is. We don't realize how quickly things are advancing. And Jesus said that his return would be like a thief in the night. Meaning that it would, he would even catch the believer, some of the strongest believers, it would catch them unaware. 
And all, all this, God is saying, I have provided this church. I have provided a church, a place for you to grow and develop because that's what the believers are. That's the atmosphere that is conducive, again, for there to be growth, for the seed to grow. It is the atmosphere. You know, um, all, I, all I need is, is Jesus. That's true in one part, but we don't just need Jesus. We need each other. Otherwise, he wouldn't have put us together. He put man on the earth. Man had everything he needed in God, or at least so, the, so, so he thought. God, in his own thinking, said it's not good for man to be alone. The word says also, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some, which has become popular. And the thing is, church, it's time for us to respond counterculturally to what the church culture has, has deemed and has dedicated that this, this is the new normal. This is the new normal. But what it tells me is that when we're absent from the house of God, that other desires, pursuits, loyalties, and loves have become a priority rather than him. I'm glad you love your church. I see people post that all the time. They say they love this church. They'll post things about their church. Uh, I got cousins who do that. They, they love their church. Um, I'm, I'm glad they do, but, but this is, and I'm glad you, you love this church. I, too, love this church. But so many people love their church more than they love God. Because they know if the they know that when they that they, when they they show up the, there'll be an entertaining message for them there'll be something good, but there's there's no there's no there's nothing that is holding me accountable that when I show up they're just glad that I'm there they're just glad that I'm uh, I've I've made it and I'm telling you we can't afford to buy into the culture that is stealing it is stealing at, so as we sow therefore things we reap and if we sow to the things of the flesh we will reap destructive corruptible things but if we sow to the things of the spirit which is the church his kingdom in the earth if we'll sow into that be faithful to nurture it to take care of it then we will see and we will reap the fruit that is life and is eternal life we have many faithful tithers and faithful givers in here I'm thankful for that what you do causes this house to run, meets the needs of the house, praise God. But I want to make this clear again. We are to tithe. We are to give offering. We believe it is the promise of the Lord and we believe it is our covenant with God. We are to do so. That's one part. But I will tell you as a, as a pastor, and I pray that I'm representing God's heart to you the best possible way, is that first and foremost, your presence is what I want. To be present. To be present. 
to be present. It's priority. Because I know what happens that if we're present, then those things that we are to do, those other things that we are to do that God has called us to do, they become easier and easier and easier to do. When we neglect it, when we neglect the word, when we neglect prayer, when we neglect being present in the house of the Lord, when we do so, we are continually watering something that reinforces staying away from his presence. Continues to reinforce. Continues to reinforce. That's one of the big lessons in, in this sow and grow. I'm almost done. That's one of the lessons in sow and grow is that you can't just take for granted the fact that the seed has been planted. You can't just take for granted the fact that this is a great church, and it is a great church, praise God. can't just take advantage of, of, of the fact or take for granted the fact that you've been a part of this church for years and years and years and just taking it and just the seed, it'll just, it'll just take care of itself. And that's what we've got to know, that this is, requires nurturing, watering, consistency in order for that thing to thrive in order for the fruit to come out that we want to see come out. We are known by our fruit. We are known by our fruit. So many times we think we do a good job at hiding ourselves from everybody else, but the truth is, is that the fruit tells. The fruit tells. The fruit tells. And I don't believe that there is a single believer in this house who doesn't want to be fruitful. I don't believe there is a single person, a single follower of Christ who does not want to accomplish the full will of God. That doesn't want to do the best. I don't believe there is a single person in this room that wakes up and says, how can I be inconsistent today? I don't believe there's anybody in this room that wakes up and says, you know what, what can I do to ultimately destroy my life today? How best can I go about this? No. It starts out small. Barely even noticeable. It's just a seed. Sin that goes unchecked. calling of God for us to repent and us pushing that off. You want to you wanna see what a seed can turn into? Just look at the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, the enemy is a serpent. By revelation, the joker is a dragon. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.